Great. Thanks, Steve. Uh, wonderful. Well, it's great to have Martin with us. Um, Roger said what we're all thinking, um, but uh, we don't hold it against him. Uh, <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know Martin, Martin leads the church at Tees Valley Community Church up in the northeast. Um, uh, it was actually when I was, I was at Bible college, when I first came across Martin, I think he was teaching us on Philippians. And, uh, and we just used to love it when he kind of got distracted from his notes and started to preach. And all that was within him just started to kind of really come out. So hopefully uh, he'll have the freedom to, to do that uh, amongst us this morning. They're leading a great work and a great team. And those of us who've been around them and been up there to see what they're doing are just seriously impressed with the way they're building strategically, relationally, and in the life of God. So uh, let's just welcome him as he comes to share. Great. Well, can you hear me? Well, it's good to be with you. People did say that if I came on this particular day, I was likely to get lynched <laughs> at the end of the meeting. But I thought I was probably coming to a bunch of Christians who would at least hold short of lynching me. For, uh... But seriously, I do want to just start with a big thank you. Um, I mean, thank you for Mike and Liz. I mean, we, uh, we feel very privileged and honored to have them come in up to be with us and we want to thank you for releasing them and blessing them on their way and thank you as well for Richard and Kate Colbrook who do a fantastic job for us in Leeds and you released a bunch of people to go with them and they're just seeing God do some amazing things in the six months they've been there they started with nine people they're up to around 30 about 10 people have been born again and you are working in Leeds through these guys and you're going to be working in the northeast through mike and liz so seriously we are very humbled touched and blessed by your generosity of spirit towards us okay um i would like to speak this morning the title of this morning is a different type of land and uh if you would turn with me to deuteronomy 11 we're going to read am i on and off with this is it coming and going well, okay. Deuteronomy 11. Just let me give you a little bit of background. Most of you will know this, but some of you here may not. This passage is a passage in which God is speaking to his people, the Israelites, about two different lands. The land which was and had been, which was the land of Egypt and a land of hardship and difficulty, and the land, a new land. A land of promise and grace that God wanted to bring them into, which was called Canaan. But to come into that land, they were going to have to cross a river, the River Jordan, and they were going to have to actively take possession of it because it was an occupied land, occupied by other nations who were going to oppose them. And God had promised his people this land, and he promised that he would be with them and fight for them as they went in to take possession of it. But they were going to have to trust God and walk faithfully with God if they were going to possess Can I have a mic? I'm probably best with another mic, am I? Okay. All right. So turn with me to Deuteronomy 11. 8 to 15, and, and we'll read there. Should be coming up on here. Any moment? Okay. 
So observe, therefore, all the commands I'm giving you today so that you may have the strength to go in and take over the land that you're crossing the Jordan to possess. And so that you may live long in the land the Lord swore to your ancestors to give them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. The land you're entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. But the land you're crossing the Jordan to take possession of is a land of mountains and valleys that drinks rain from heaven. It is a land the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. So if you faithfully observe, faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so that you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil, and I will provide grass in the fields for your cattle, and you will eat and be satisfied. Who knows these days that whenever you buy anything with any software in it, that one of the things you buy into is upgrades, whether it's your phone or your laptop, or increasingly things like your TV or your heating system, upgrades are an essential feature of what you've bought into. And if you don't download the upgrades, somehow you get stuck. I want to suggest to you this morning that the same is true in our walk with God. When you connect with God by giving your life to him and receiving him as the Lord of your life and walking with him as your heavenly father, He wants you to journey with him in a way that increasingly brings you into a deeper and richer experience of him. And so the Christian walk was never meant to be static. It's a relationally dynamic, progressive walk in which we're meant to increasingly experience new levels and depths of God's love, God's power, God's grace. God's holiness, God's righteousness and glory. It's meant to be a dynamic, progressive walk in which we become more and more like Christ and grow deeper and deeper in our understanding of his love, his heart and his ways. A walk in which our passion, love and service of him grows, deepens and becomes more and more effective. I love gadgets. Over the years, I've been an Android man. It'll make sense to some of you. So some of you that are older, it won't. But one of the things I've loved about Android is the updates. So in 2012, we went from the software ice cream sandwich to jelly bean. And then in 2013, we upgraded to Kit Kat. 2014, we went up to Lollipop. And in 2015, we upgraded to Marshmallow. Why do I love the updates? Because with every upgrade, there are lots of new features, which means lots of new things to play with and discover. When I first became a Christian, which Mike and Liz were very significant in me becoming a Christian in 1980, they connected me up with someone in London because I was a student at Manchester University and went down to London uh, after I'd been a Christian three weeks. They connected me with a guy called Dave Holden, who came round my house and he said to me, I shared with him the story of how I'd come to Christ. And he said, 
Martin, you are just about to begin the greatest adventure of your life. What he said turned out to be more profoundly true than almost anything anyone else said to me at the time. The last 35 years with Christ has been a profound adventure. But probably the most significant part of the adventure has been there has always been more to experience and discover of God himself. I completely understand why we won't get bored in eternity. The vastness of God means every day forever there'll be something new and fresh of God to experience. That's heaven. It's in God's heart that your relationship and experience of him does not remain static or get stuck, but enjoys updates and upgrades, new and fresh experiences and levels of God's grace that give you deeper and richer knowledge and experience of him and make you increasingly Christ-like and increasingly effective in your love and service of him. If you seek to walk with God in a way that engages with the life of the Holy Spirit, and I'd say this to any Christian, then the last thing the Christian walk is, is boring, religious, or ritualistic. Now this passage in Deuteronomy that we've just read is about God wanting to give his people an upgrade. In this particular instance, he's wanting to upgrade the land that they're living in. So let's look what this upgrade looks like. The land they had been in is summarized in verse 10. The land you're entering to take over is not like the land of Egypt from which you've come, where you planted your seed and irrigated it by foot as in a vegetable garden. So the land they've been in was a land that they had to personally care for. It was all about their personal energy and effort. They had to personally plant each seed, and then they had to personally obtain water for it. Verse 10 tells us they had to irrigate it by foot, like a vegetable garden, which meant what? Which meant that they had to dig channels by hand from the River Nile that could carry the water huge distances to the plot of land, and that meant erecting treadmills that they had to power by foot to get the water to their vegetable garden. Not only was it a huge amount of energy and effort, there was also a huge amount of unpredictability with the environment, which meant despite all the effort, the harvest itself was still ultimately unpredictable. So it was a land where there was a huge amount of energy and effort required with often very little in the way of return. But God wanted to give them an upgrade. He wanted to give them a new experience of his grace and favor. Bring them, if you like, into new levels of his grace and favor by bringing them into a different type of land. So the land that was to come that he wanted to bring them into was a totally different type of land and experience from the one they'd been in. We read about this in verses 9 to 15. The land isn't a land that primarily relies on your effort and care. This is a land God himself cares for. Verse 12 says, It is a land that the Lord your God cares for. The eyes of the Lord your God are continually on it from the beginning of the year to its end. 
And you don't have to irrigate this land by foot like a vegetable garden because it's a different type of land and landscape. Verse 11 tells us it's got mountains and valleys and it drinks the rain from heaven. In other words, when it rains, the water is channeled by the mountains and the valleys and flows as streams and rivers. In this land, you aren't irrigating it by foot. It's irrigated by rain from heaven that comes in the form of streams and rivers. And the provision of rain in this land is neither precarious nor unpredictable. In fact, it's guaranteed to come at exactly the right time because verse 14 tells us God sends this rain and he sends it in season. Autumn rains and spring rains, exactly as and when it's needed to maximize the harvest. And here's the ultimate promise. The harvest doesn't depend on our efforts. Our effort in planting a seed, our effort in irrigating it by foot. In this land, verse 14 and 15 tells us God provides the harvest. He provides the grass for your cattle. He provides the grain. He provides the new wine. He provides the olive oil. In this land, the grace and goodness of God brings forth a supernatural harvest that the workers simply have to gather in and enjoy and be satisfied with. I read this passage in my daily devotional time with God back in December. Actually, on Christmas Eve, I read this. It was just my next Bible reading for the day. I had a significant encounter with God through this passage. In fact, I felt God speak to me personally about four areas of my life, two of them to do with relationships and two of them to do with areas of service where I simply wasn't experiencing much progress, where it just felt like hard work and had done for years. Four fields or vegetable gardens where I was putting in a lot of effort, watering and irrigating by foot, but simply not seeing much return, not much evidence of God's grace at work. It felt more like my efforts than God's supernatural grace. In fact, this is what I wrote in my journal on that day and prayed out of in that encounter with God. I just wrote this. Father, I pray over these four fields over these four lands that I believe you've called me to serve you in and believe for a harvest from. I wrote this, I wrote, I'm wearied and discouraged that I am having to keep irrigating these four fields by foot. Could you bring a seasonal rain into each of these fields? Could you care for these lands? Could you cause your eyes to be on these four fields continually from the beginning of the year to its end? Could you cause the land to drink rain from heaven here? Could you ensure a harvest I wrote, I appeal to you today, Father, could you give me some significant encouragement for each of these four fields? A sign for each one that helps me to know that these lands will be different in the future to how they've been in the past. A sign that encourages me you are caring for these fields, that you are watering them, that your eyes are upon them, and you will ensure the harvest. Dated it 24th of 12th, 15. I felt something from the Holy Spirit that day. I felt God was going to bring us personally, me personally and Linda personally and us as a church into a new season of his grace and favor. 
I sensed that the land in front of us was going to be different from the land that we were and had been in. That somehow God was going to upgrade his grace and favor to us and exchange our vegetable gardens for a land of mountains and valleys that drinks the rain from heaven. I felt there that was going to occur for me at both an individual level and for us as a church at a corporate level. However, I just couldn't quite get past, is this simply my desire and hope? (laughs) Or is it really something God himself is saying? You may say that's terrible unbelief for a leader, but that was the truth of it. I felt my spirit stirred. Part of me responded, but I wondered. You ever been in that place? Okay. I think that was in part why I asked God for something I don't normally ask for and wrote accordingly in my notes that God would give me a sign. A sign that would help me know that these lands would be different in the future to how they've been in the past. A couple of weeks later, I was at the Salt and Light National Leaders Conference in Staffordshire called Game Changers. Some of you were there. Where a speaker called Dave Smith was preaching on the life of Joseph. In particular, he was talking about the point in Joseph's life where Joseph experienced a significant upgrade, was the term he used, in God's grace and favor that suddenly catapulted Joseph from languishing in prison to being appointed a Pharaoh's right-hand man in charge of the whole of Egypt. See, at that point, God had my attention because he was speaking about a significant change in Joseph's landscape brought about purely by the grace of God, which was similar to what I'd read in Deuteronomy 11, in which God brought his favor, his people, into a totally different type of land, again, purely out of his grace and favor. At this point in his talk, Dave Smith stopped preaching and he just started praying, praying specifically for upgrades in God's grace and favor that would change people's landscapes, like Joseph's was changed. And at that point, as he started to pray, I prayed a little prayer in my heart, which said, God, if you're really wanting to bring me and Teesside into an upgrade in your grace and favor that brings us out of the land of vegetable gardens into the land of mountains and valleys that drinks in the rain, then I want him to pray specifically from the front for Teesside. Well, there were probably 85 churches represented there at the conference. I was not on the front row. I didn't really know if Dave Smith really knew much about me or even knew Teesside or even where Teesside existed because he's a southerner. (laughs) See, I'm a northerner handicapped by a southern accent. That's what I have to tell our people up north just to keep on the right side of them. But I didn't know how well if he knew me, knew where I was from. Anyway... He only prayed for three churches specifically by name at that point. And the final place he prayed for was Teesside. He prayed that Teesside would know new levels of grace and favor from God. Now, to some of you, that may not feel or seem very significant. To me, well, just in case there's one or two of you that might think that. To me, it was hugely significant. I can't tell you how profound a moment it was because of what I felt and prayed and wrote and asked God for two weeks previously. And it tipped me from hope into faith 
into believing this was something God was saying and wanting to do, not just some desire. Not just in my life, but also in the life of our church. Not just an outpouring in other churches in other countries, but some outpouring of God's grace and favor in Teesside. I received it. I believed it. And so Linda and I have embarked on a faith journey over the last few months of believing God for fresh breakthroughs, new waves of grace and favor, a new type of land. And we've encouraged our church to believe these verses in Deuteronomy 11 for themselves and to embark on that journey with us, to believe for areas of our personal lives and areas of our church life that feel stuck to become unstuck, to believe that areas which might feel like a lot of hard work and human effort, like the treadmill, might be changed and might receive a divine upgrade and start to feel like heaven's rain is watering on them. There were two other things we encouraged people to understand from Deuteronomy 11, alongside the encouragement to have faith for a new type of land. And those two things are found in verse 8 and verse 13. Verse 13 says this. God says, if you faithfully obey the commands I'm giving you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and with all your soul, then I will send rain on your land in its season, both autumn and spring rains, so you may gather in your grain new wine and olive oil. So in those verses, God reminds the Israelites they need to be faithful to him. In fact, he calls them to love and serve him with all their heart and with all their soul. So faithfulness and wholehearted love and service was how they needed to walk with God if they wanted to come into this new land and see it touched by heaven's rain. The other significant issue for them is mentioned in verse 8, where God says, In verse 8, observe therefore all the commands I'm giving you today so you may have the strength to go in and take over the land you are crossing the Jordan to possess. So not only were they to be faithful and obedient, they were going to need to actively take steps to possess the new land God had for them, including taking a step of crossing the Jordan River. And if you remember the account of that in Joshua chapter 3, that was a risky step actually a life-threatening step because the Jordan River was in flood. But as they took that step by faith, because they believed God wanted to bring them out of the vegetable gardens into the new type of land, then God worked. God intervened and miraculously dried up the river, so they crossed on dry ground. So we've encouraged our people to believe in many areas God wants to bring them into a new season of grace and favor But we made it clear that walking faithfully and devotionally in wholehearted service of God remains a very important factor in that and that they should, in fact, look to go deeper in their devotional heart and love and service of the Lord. And equally important, equally important, we encourage them, is is an understanding we don't just passively come into a new land. We have to believe for it. We have to expect it, pray for it, and actively take steps cross Jordan rivers to come into it so that's what we've done we've encouraged people to believe a few months back encouraged people to believe for this right across every aspect of their lives and walk with God to bring any stuck areas to the Lord whether that's in their relationships in their finances in their family in their health in difficult and challenging circumstances they're facing whether at home in the workplace in their neighborhood whether it's in their own personal relationship with God 
Wherever and whatever feels stuck or simply like hard work and human effort, we've encouraged them to look to God for fresh grace and favor, for new breakthroughs, for a different type of land. With a sense of deeper devotion and a willingness to take steps of faith and cross some Jordans. And one area above all other areas we've asked God for an upgrade in, personally, Linda and myself and the church, has been in our effectiveness in reaching the lost with the gospel. Because while we continually see a trickle of salvations or responses to the gospel at our church, we have not seen anywhere near the numbers being saved that we believe God has in his heart to see saved and added to his family. In fact, to be honest, that was one of the four fields I wrote about in my journal on that Christmas Eve. Getting the gospel out to the lost and seeing the response to it for me personally and for our church has felt like we were working a treadmill. It's felt like a lot of effort for little return. So we've especially been asking God in this area for an upgrade of his grace and favor for a new type of land that's different from the old, different from how it's been to date. Asking him to give us a new confidence, a new boldness, new breakthroughs to authenticate our gospel with the supernatural and somehow to transform the landscape for us when it comes to reaching the lost. That's what we prayed. So that's the journey we've embarked on. We combined it at Easter with a series called 40 Days with Jesus, where we encourage people to go deeper with Christ's devotion and give themselves to more prayer and fasting over the 40 days. And we encourage them to be prepared to cross Jordans, to take steps of faith, to risk some things on the basis of what God was saying. And to believe that God had said to us to receive coming into a new type of land, not simply as our hope and our desire, but as the desire of God's heart for us. And most significantly, we asked people to be faithful with anything they'd experienced God doing. We opened a specific testimony email address called testimony at tvcchurch.org.uk. Write in where God's upgraded, where he's done some things. Well, I've been overwhelmed by what we've seen the Holy Spirit doing. One lady rang me up when I, we preached this message and we had a whole st- stack of folk, most of church at the front on their knees, bringing stuck areas to the Lord. One lady rang me later in that week called Denise Coleman. She said, I, I just got to tell you what God's done because I've just been seeing something happen in an area that's been stuck for ages. And I came to the front on the Sunday and I asked the Lord, I brought my family, my mum and my dad, my mum's a Christian My dad is not, and she's been struggling with him for years with his care. She can't really cope with his care, and he really needs to go into care, but she won't do that because she's guilty, and I've been trying to help her and support her, but she really just won't take the step that for now nearly a year she's needed to take. So she said, I pray to God, please give me an upgrade for my my mum and dad. She said on the Sunday she went round, Her mum out of the blue turned around and said to her, I think it's time for me to take the step to let your father go into care. They cried together. But she felt, hey, God's broken through here. She said, hey, but that wasn't the end of it. She said, my mother and I cried, and my mother cried. I I might cry during this, so just, just ignore me. Just close your eyes and listen to what I'm saying. 
she said, my mother cried. And one of the things she said is she said, your father's never really shown much affection to me over the years. So they prayed together that God might do something. On the Wednesday of that week, mum was cleaning up dad's bedroom and he was just staring at her everywhere she went in the room. It was strange. He didn't normally look at her like this. She turned around to him in her usual and said, what on earth are you looking at? He said to her, I am looking at my beautiful, beautiful wife. Something he's never, ever said before. Two days later, after years of sharing the gospel with her dad, she had a tender moment on the Thursday, the day after, with her dad. He cried, he opened his heart to Jesus, and he received the Lord. She said to me, I got down my knees, I brought these stuck areas, and God's upgraded the land um, immeasurably more than I could have asked or imagined. We've lived 13 years in the street that we're in. We have worked really hard to be witnesses in our street. I think people are at the stage where they avoid us now. Do you know what I mean? I mean, it's just got that feel. Everyone's like, hi, from a distance. We really wanted God to do something about 13 years. During that time of after God had spoken, we went on holiday. When we came back off holiday, we got in the house. There was a knock on the door. The neighbors next door. Now, of all the people in our street that are like that with us and the gospel, our direct neighbors keep us at the furthest distance as far as the gospel and Christ is concerned. Absolutely not a chink of light. They knocked on the door when we got home on holiday. They said, thank goodness you're back. They said, we've had this terrible health situation with our daughter. She's got the possibility of ovarian cancer and they said we got this news and the first thing we thought is martin and linda are away because martin and linda are the praying people on our street they said we wanted your prayers and we knew you're the only people we couldn't wait so she wait as soon as we come back she ran knocking on the door will you pray we had a very tender time with them over the next few weeks these people who wouldn't even talk to us about anything to do with God. They've invited us into their home. They wouldn't let us leave without praying with them personally several times, all sorts of things. And last time we were at church, they were in church with us as a family. 13 years, we've not seen anything. Now, they're not saved. I hope they keep coming back. I've got to get on my knees. But I know God's doing something. I know something happened because we didn't do anything different. But God moved in with some grace and some favor. Uh, when God had spoken to us, I also had two unsaved friends from university contact me and want to spend time with me the next week. One of them came up and I led him through to the Lord a couple of weeks later. I've not seen this sort of thing for many <laughs> years. One of the fields that I brought to the Lord one of the two relational fields was a relationship that's very precious to me that has been stuck severely and struggled for five years. I've tried absolutely everything to adjust that, change that, break through in that, but it's just been hard and it's been fixed. Well, would you believe that over the last couple of weeks? 
we have seen an incredible turnaround in that relationship. And there's been absolutely nothing different we've done, but it's changed. I'm pinching myself. I keep saying to Linda, has it changed? Has it really changed? Are you sure it's changed? She says it's changed. It's unrecognizable. And then we saw this, okay, yeah, it's still changed. You know, it's made me feel uncomfortable because it's a little side thing. I'm realizing, I used to think it was sort of 5% me, 95% God. I do my effort, my things, and God works. I'm increasingly seeing it's 100% God and actually not us at all. And I don't know whether I like that because it makes me, feel, makes me feel very out of control. Seriously. As a church, we've just come into a new level of prophetic accuracy since we've received this word from God. Songwriting has started to flow in a new way in our worship team. As an eldership team, we seem to have gone to a whole new level relationally. Evangelistically, for our people, something is very, very different. One of my elders, Chris Vale, took this word of God seriously. He has been working at a music college for seven years with really absolutely no interest anywhere from anyone. He received this word from God. He believed it. He prayed it into his workplace. First day into his workplace, three separate teachers at three parts of the day came up to him and asked him about God. And last week, his guitar teacher, he works in a music college, the guitar teacher at the college was in church. Loved it. It's coming back this week. Let me read you a couple of other testimonies and then we'll draw to a close. This is Matt Horner, who's also uh, happens to be my son-in-law, but he's also an elder, part of our eldership team. He, he wrote this into our testimony. And he said, hi, one of the areas I've been praying into recently and believing God for more breakthrough and an upgrade in my life is the area of personal witness and evangelism, specifically more opportunities to witness and share the reality of God with others and a more discerning sensitivity to hear open doors in conversations and an increased Holy Spirit boldness to share the good news. He said, I found God opening up doors in my workplace in a new way. People that I would never have viewed as being interested at all in the Christian faith, opening up to me in a new way with a hunger to know more about God and the Christian faith. Some of my work colleagues have also come to church off the back of friendship and conversations with them. For one of them, it was the first time in their entire life they had ever been in a church and they felt really blessed and touched by God. That has been a real encouragement to me as it feels like there's a real upgrade in this area for me evangelistically at work. And then he said, and last weekend I was praying and asking God for more opportunities about the hope of Jesus with others and seeing breakthroughs in this area. And I was in Yarm later that day and was getting my hair cut. I asked the hairdresser how he was doing as a polite response to his initial question to me, to which I got the reply, to be honest, I'm feeling a bit lost at the moment and I'm searching for purpose in my life. <laughs> he writes, not the typical hairdresser response. He said, I started laughing inside and then spent the next 25 minutes sharing with them about the difference God had made in my life, highlighting the purpose and hope that can be found in Christ. It was amazing to this, see this hairdresser intrigued and to listen 
closely. In the past, I might have lacked confidence to step out or maybe have been worried about saying the wrong thing. However, it's not only felt amazing and fun, but it's really felt normal and so easy. It can only be the empowering work of the Holy Spirit. It can only be the grace of God at work. A couple of other stories. Okay. So one of our cell group leaders, hi, Julie and I have been running our cell since January, five weeks ago. One of our cell members, Terry Young, suggested that we each should put forward a name of someone who we pray for, for salvation. We all committed to pray. This was during this time we were praying for these people each day. So every day we have two or three different people who are being prayed for by up to 15 of our cell members. One of those guys we've been praying for has since been to church three times, and he says he wants to continue. Another one of the guys we've been praying for started on an Alpha course, and one of the mothers and daughters we've been praying for have been to church this week and actually gave their lives to the Lord this morning. A guy called Ian Gilks that's only been a Christian four months. He said, hi, I've today witnessed... God's glorious and miraculous ways of working and answering our prayers. And I feel I have to share this. As some of you will know, I work for a housing association. He's an electrician. And we are told not to discuss our faith and beliefs with tenants for various reasons. Therefore, I haven't led the conversation into faith previously, only when a tenant leads it that way. However, today was different, he said. He said, I was believing God for upgrades, for for new opportunities. He said, I arrived as normal at the tenant's house to change their fuse box and carry out an electrical test. And when I started the work, the tenant guy who lives on his own started talking to me about various things. And I felt an overwhelming urge to talk about church and how I'd recently become a Christian. And this led into him talking about his family. And he told me how he hadn't spoken to his son since 2004. And he went on to say, if only he could speak to him to know he was okay. Whilst I was doing the work and remembering I can't talk about my faith, thinking I really can't pray out loud for this guy and for his relationship with his son, he said, I felt God say to me that I could pray silently. I decided that was what I was going to do. I thought, well, what's the harm? So he prayed silently. He fixed the electrics, job done, all circuits tested. Not sure if my prayers have been heard. I switched on the power. And at that, the tenant's mobile rung. He said he didn't recognize the number, but he answered it and he froze. He put the phone down. He arranged to ring the person back five minutes later. And then he turned to to me and he said, did you pray? In tears, the guy said, my son has just rung. And He, 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 he said he felt emboldened at that point, whatever the housing association said or didn't say, to pray with him. And he prayed with him that he would have a meaningful, unbelievable contact with his son and that it would not be like the last 12 years had been. Is God awesome or what? He says, I'm back here in another four weeks for another planned job. Only then will I know if it has worked. But on the way out... He asked what church I went to. (laughs) So I told him, hopefully it says we'll see him there soon. So that's cool. Our Sunday gatherings have seen more of the presence of God about in a new way. There are more unbelievers consistently in our meetings than we've ever seen before. And they're encountering the presence of God. Every week for the last six weeks, people that don't know Christ have given their lives to Christ in our morning services. I mean, we go months, months, and months without that happening. 
every week. Unbelievers there and they're responding to the gospel. Sometimes, some weeks, just one person. But some weeks, six people, three people. I'm not wanting to leave you with a suggestion that we've got revival in the Northeast. I have told Mike we have, and that sort of drew him into coming up there. But (laughs) as he said himself, I lie from the front anyway. So, you know. He'll find out that it's not really revival when he gets up there and that actually there's lots of problems and difficulties we have. But we're not certainly wanting to leave you in any way with the suggestion that we've got revival. Lots of more stories I could got and would love to tell you, but is not revival. But something, something has been happening and changing for many of us at an individual and corporate level that we can only put down to the grace and favor of God and give him glory for, taking no credit whatsoever ourselves. So, I'm coming into land. Why am I sharing this word from Deuteronomy 11, 8 to 15, about God wanting to upgrade us into a new type of land with you, Oxfordshire Community Churches, today? Maybe you think simply to encourage you that if God can do it for us, he can do it for you. As I might encourage any church that I visited at any point in this time. Well, that would be possible and it would be reasonable and a good enough reason to preach such a word. But you might be inclined to say to yourself, that was a specific word given by God to Teesside. An upgrade of grace and favor for Teesside. Well, that might be true and a reasonable conclusion to come to unless you were at the Game Changers Conference back in January when you might be inclined to believe this word more specifically for yourselves and for your churches here in Oxfordshire because one of the other two areas and churches that Dave Smith prayed specifically for to receive an upgrade in grace and favor was you. Here, in Oxford, in Oxfordshire. When Dave prayed specifically, Dave Smith prayed specifically that day for our area in Teesside, the Holy Spirit told me to receive it by faith for myself, for our church in Teesside, and for the churches in our region. So I did receive it. I received it by faith for TVCC and for the region. As a result, it isn't just TVC Church that has had a fresh experience of God's grace. Actually, churches right across our region who have given themselves to this process have all been experiencing new levels of grace and favor and breakthroughs in various ways. So our church in Gateshead, Bertley in Gateshead, has not been seen people saved for years. And over the last six weeks, it's seen four people independently saved. Our church in Hexham, also like TVCC, has seen unbelievers responding to the gospel every single Sunday morning. All of our church plants have seen breakthroughs and salvations again in the last six weeks. So here's my faith for you today. My faith is that this word from Deuteronomy 11, 8 to 15, is very specifically for you. For you as individuals and for you as churches. My faith for you is that when Dave Smith specifically prayed for you as a city and region in Oxfordshire to know new waves and upgrades of grace and favor, that that was as prophetically from the heart of God for you as it was for us in Teesside. I don't believe either you or I am here this morning by coincidence. 
If you do, we'll read the Bible together and see how much detail God really has his hand on. I don't believe you or I are here by coincidence this morning. You are here and I am preaching here because God has something specific to give you through me from heaven. And that's something, it's Deuteronomy 11, 8 to 15. It's your verse. If, and that's the big question, if you will receive this by faith for yourself personally and for your churches, I believe you can, out of this morning, seriously look to God with a fresh sense of faith and expectancy for new waves of grace and favor for new and upgraded lands. Does it mean everything everywhere will suddenly become easy without any struggles, challenges, or difficulties? Well done. That's the correct answer. Saves me a line in my notes. Of course not. In this world, we'll have many troubles, and right at the heart of being the disciple is the cross, self-denial, suffering, and death. But I guarantee you that if you believe this word and receive it by faith from God and expect and look to him, some significant stuck and unchanging lands will start drinking rain from heaven. And if you set your heart to see new lands, particularly when it comes to your effectiveness with the gospel personally and corporately, there is absolutely no doubt about that one changing. If God is speaking to you today and you combine this word with faith, the kingdom will come. The grace and kindness and favor of God will come in new ways to you and to your church. And most significantly, through you to the broken and disconnected lost people out there that God loves and has called you to serve and reconnect him up with. If you will trust God and believe his word, keep him faithful and devoted to him, being prepared to cross Jordans and put your feet onto some new ground, you can see this geographical land of Oxfordshire change spiritually from a desert land that feels like a vegetable garden you're always having to irrigate by foot to a land of mountains and valleys that drinks the rain from heaven. That's what we're believing for Teesside. So in conclusion... I don't know in what areas of your life and service you might feel like you're living in a vegetable garden that you have to irrigate by foot. I had four. I probably had a load more as well. I'm sure you've got at least four. Those areas where it just feels like hard work and human effort without a significant amount of grace. But whoever you are and whatever area of life that's in, I want to encourage you today and over the coming days, because it's in just a moment, that God wants you to know and experience new levels of grace and favor and exchange many of your vegetable gardens for a different type of land, a land of mountains and valleys that drinks the rain. So I simply want to finish at this point and say to you, if God's spoken to you and you have a heart to receive what has been said as coming from heaven for you personally and you want to combine what he said with faith, then I want to ask you to take a step to cross a very small but significant Jordan River this morning by coming down to the front, getting on your knees in response to God's word and in the presence of the Holy Spirit. And we'll pray together and do business with God. And you can start a fresh and a new journey of expectation and trust in him for some areas that are just so stuck. Amen. first your own this morning I want to encourage you at the end of the meeting over the next few days maybe even over next week just to read those verses through and let, let the Holy Spirit 
soak those words into your heart and into your life and into your mind. But I, I want you now, I just want you to do business with God. And I, you know those areas that you feel are really stuck for you or for the church and where there's pain and struggle and treadmill and you want just grace and favor in a new way. I just want to give you several minutes now. You bring those to the Lord. You name them. You, you speak them out to the Lord even now because we are in the presence of Almighty God. He's spoken his word to you this morning. If you will bring those areas to him, he from heaven will hear and have mercy and grace. So let's do that now, just as the musicians pray. You bring those areas to the Lord, you speak. Breakthroughs, we pray in Jesus' name. Wonderful. 